guess it was a it was a TV movie event. I don't know if it was uh, it wasn't a miniseries, but it was in the early. 80s, early to mid 80s, starring Tom Hanks. I think it was called Monsters and Mazes or Mazes and Monsters. Oh, yeah. And it was, I remember even as a kid thinking, wow, that's propaganda to, from whoever made this movie to adults to try to get their kids to stop playing Dungeons and Dragons. Right? Full on. Full on. That's, I don't remember much about it except that it was just ridiculous. And that, and you know, they <laughs> portrayed Tom Hanks as some guy who's playing D and D in a sewer or something. <laughs> like basically, it was LARPing, right? It's LARPing. So, so I've got I've got it pulled up here. It was actually a Rona Jaffe. Do you remember Rona Jaffe? She was like some. I think she was a. I think she became some sort of talk show, or uh, she was always a guest star in the in the eighties. As I think she's very opinionated. And anyway, she wrote a book. And, uh, yeah, it, they turned it into a movie. It was a book and then they turned it into a movie. <laughs> uh, and it was, yeah, it was about, um, she, she, she based her 1981 novel on inaccurate newspaper stories about the disappearance of James Dallas, Dallas Egbert from Michigan state. And the, like the early, the, like the early newspaper accounts really played up the fact that this guy was into Dungeons and Dragons and so she just took that and went wild and, uh, you know, kind of. Oh. So yeah. she didn't care about D&D. She just said, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll well, write a book about that. I mean, she cared about it in the sense that she, you know, she jumped on the fact that this this thing can, this game can cause psychosis and, of course, is based in satanic ritual. And But, yeah, they go in <laughs> and, they, and they LARP and... Uh, was that the that's was that the first instance of LARPing ever? I I mean surely not, but <laughs> uh, that's actually an interesting question. D and D was invented what in the seventies? Mm-hmm. At what point after? I think it was the seven. Well, I thought it was the seventies. Maybe it was the sixties. But uh, at what point after? And for those of you who don't know anything, I don't know if we've talked about this before on on this podcast, but we Matt and I learned that I, we both I think read the same article not so long ago, where they talk about how how role playing games and the the inventor of Dungeons and Dragons Gary Gygax invented the first new type of tabletop game, and that you know there had not been a new type for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, now I'm just wondering how how soon after they invented that this role playing game did people start to LARPing? So Gary put out the first uh, the first edition in '74. Aww. Ooh. And Gary then, by birth, 45 years old D and D. 45 years old D and D. And wow, so in five years it's probably going to be a big old nerd fest. And then Rona Jaffe. So in '81 is when she wrote the book, and then '84. Yeah, 82-ish, they came out with this movie, this this uh, made-for-TV movie, starring uh-huh. Tom, a 28-year-old Tom Hanks. But so it took she was about, 28 already? I know, I know. Wow. He looked like a teen. He was playing a college yeah. kid, I guess. She and wrote, let's be honest, yeah. everyone who does play D&D um, 
does worship Satan. And if and if, yeah. when they tell you that it's not about devil worship, you know, because they're lying. They're, yeah, they're lying. They're because lying. they're Satanists. Everyone worships. Yeah. Yeah, every, yeah they have to. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> isn't that funny? Yeah. The whole sat- satanic panic thing. It's, Why it's are funny. we talking about this? There was something <laughs> that made me think about it. And now I can't remember what it was. I, I don't know. Why, I don't know why. I don't know why you were thinking about it either. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, there was something that happened right as we started this, and it just made me think of mazes and monsters. Interesting. And now I can't remember what it was. Maybe it'll come back to me. But well, we were going to discuss. Brother. Hello, brother. How are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm good. It's a little bit chilly here in the south. Isn't that uh, weird? Chilly, chilly for us. Yeah. It was, there was a massive storm that came through yesterday, uh, and it was uh, 70s in the 70s yesterday morning, and then by last night it was. Um, or this morning it was in the low thirties. Yeah. It, so, it snowed, anyway. it snowed yesterday, Halloween day, f- first time in 30 years. So. Wow. It, I yeah. remember, I, no, that can't be true. I think it, well, not, not in 30 years because I remember going to Rhonda's for Halloween one year and it's snowing. snowing. Really? It could be, I could be that person that I talked did, to could did, be wrong. It didn't snow much, but it was, it was the first fall my first fall in Chicago where I was like, Oh God, <laughs> here, here it comes. <laughs> here comes the hell. Well, so, so I have that same feeling and I have that same sort of, Oh God. But, um, um, Lindsay's always like, no, it doesn't start snowing in October every year. And she's actually right, but it does. Yeah, not every year. Yeah, it doesn't. But it can. It definitely can and has and will again. And, and that's, you, a, that's bad enough. You are correct. <laughs> You're right. It, it snowed in 2014. Get out of my town. You did get, well, out, you're of, not a- you did get out of your town. You left Chicago. <laughs> Oh, for that reason. Oh, oh. Yeah, actually, that's true. Because <laughs> it's not supposed to snow on Halloween. <laughs> it's not supposed to snow on Halloween. It really is. Cra- I don't care what The you- craziest Chicago Halloween I remember uh, was, I guess, 2015-ish, maybe. Uh, Elise was, had, was flying in from L.A. There was a massive like rain thunderstorm, uh, crazy wind, really cold, Uh, but raining, not cold enough to snow. And um, I guess her flight was obviously really delayed. And so I was just hanging out at home thinking, well, that's that. And didn't figure, we lived on on, on a a place called, Matt knows this, but for those of you don't know and probably don't care, uh, on Logan Boulevard, which has all these old brownstones and stuff. And uh, there was a house down the street that does all these crazy decorations. And anyway, it's a place where kids like to trick or treat. And I didn't expect to see any kids, uh, but there were a brave few, man. And I just gave them heaping handfuls of yeah. Reese's Cups. peanut butter cups because <laughs> I didn't I mean costume, no costume, doesn't matter. If you came out in this weather, you're going to get some. You represented. So anyway, I represented. Yeah. Uh, and then and then Elise got into town and we all went out and like had a drink or something. We threw on a, a like a crazy quick costume and just went oh. and had a minute of fun. Yeah, that's really fun. Did you guys do anything last night, costume wise? We did nothing. Yeah, we did nothing. Elise got in, kind of on the later side, and it was chilly, so we got some some nice bubbles of ramen and put on Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. Yeah. All right. 
That works. No costumes, no trick-or-treaters, nothing like that. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I also didn't have one Halloween-esque thing uh, yesterday, which is so strange because it has been such a big part of our lives for the last 10, 11 years, but... Last night, I went to see Henry Rollins, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Henry Rollins and Jared Yates Sexton, because um, Lindsay has this new job, and she's been working a lot, but it was worth oh, it. Oh, I didn't it realize worth- that that was uh, one of an event. Yes. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was wondering why you were so into going to see Henry Rollins, of all people. I Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so great. I You know, there's this, I'll give a plug to Chicago uh, Humanities Festival. Where, where Lindsay is an intern for this fall and has my good friend Brittany uh, is a is a you know employee there and they just do amazing things it's really like endlessly amazing things and I, I've really never known the extent of what CHF does especially it's a year-round festival that's called a festival but it, the, the, the big <clears throat> the big the big you know the big chunk of it is now and it is just, there's something going on probably right this minute. I mean, it's it's kind of nonstop for for a few weeks, so mm. it's, it's been really it's been really exciting. Stop them, stop them. <laughs> I don't I don't think they should stop. It's it's, oh. how they, it's how they keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's how they make money. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, what are we talking about today? Why are we here? Well, did you start talking about uh, mazes and monsters because of the new Game of Thrones news? No, but okay. hit me. Hit me with it. Well, there's new Game of Thrones news. Boring. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's actually a little bit. There's like a few things. Number one, the dudes that, I, whether or not it's true, they got, you know, they were, they, uh, the, the showrunners from Game of Thrones, uh, everybody's theory uh, as to why the last episode was so meh, was because they were hurrying off to do Star Wars, to work on Star Wars. And now they're not oh, doing that. I hadn't heard that theory. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, that's a that's a big theory, is that they kind of wanted to just... Now, I don't know that I believe this. They just this. pulled a, a Joss Whedon Yeah, they're just experience. like, I'm done. Let's, can, can, I, can we go out and do Bye. something else? I mean, that would be so weird. I mean, the, no, the last show, Game of Thrones, that's... is weird, but... Because even Joss came back for the finales when he pieced yeah. out on on series. You know, you don't bag on that's dumb. If that's someone's theory, I you, I challenge that. You challenge. That's silly. Well, whatever. For for the people who who stick to it, the truth is is that they are now not going to do Star Wars either. Yes, that is that I've also that is true. Yeah, that they've backed out of officially backed out of their Star Wars and that. You know, I was thinking about this, and I don't know why I was spending any time thinking about this, but I was, <laughs> that, you know, when you, I read the article, and it just says very matter-of-factly that, um, cat, quit chewing that, whatever the hell that is. Sorry, that cat is insane. Um, I was reading this article, and they're just saying, you know, very matter-of-factly that they've, you know, and they've issued a statement that our our commitments to Netflix are, are just too much and we can't do both and we regret it and, and all. But the reality of the situation behind the scenes must have been far more emotional, right? Yeah. Because you can't – you don't just back away from Star Wars. 
your opportunity to be a part of anything Star Wars without like it just being an agonizing decision to make, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I again, don't know why I even stopped to spend my energy to care <laughs> about that, but uh, it did cross my mind. So, but anyway, that's real. You're They're out of Star Wars. Can't, <laughs> well, I don't um, I, uh, I don't know that I actually care that they're out of Star Wars, personally. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to better Star Wars stories. I'm looking forward to The Mandalorian prob- probably more than I've looked forward to anything Star Wars related in a long time. Um, it, it's just, a, a, just a, a story in that awesome universe that has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. That sounds great. And uh, I'd be more excited about what Ryan Johnson's cooking up for the next three movies that will have nothing to do with the saga. But I just haven't, I just didn't, I, I, I didn't even not love the last Jedi. I actively didn't like it. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I rewatched it again recently and I still didn't really care about it. So here's hoping that the next one, which will be out, I guess we'll go see it in December uh, when we're on tour, Yeah. Um, which is, which is an interesting kind of wrap up, right? Because when we did our first tour reunion tour, yes, uh, the first movie, uh, uh, The Force Awakens, came out, and we saw that on tour. And then now we're going to do that, um, I guess, gosh, almost four years later. Wow. God. Wild, Buck. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Right. So we'll go see that. I'm not I, – I, I wish – again, I wish I was jazzed. Maybe it's better that I'm not. I, I – you know, no – I'm not throwing shade. I, I do like the Terrace Theater, but I would prefer to see it in a – and a megaplex. megaplex. Sure. We can do that. <clears throat> I'm not afraid of megaplex. Uh, just give me that sweet, those sweet, sweet chairs. I like those sweet, sweet chairs. chairs and the sweet doubly. sound. Some doubly. Yeah, give me that doubly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, so, so there are those guys. Right. Game of Thrones. What's the other news? Right. So uh, David ben- Benioff, Benioff, sorry, and Dan Weiss, whatever, whatever their names are, sorry. They're, they're D. out. D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. D. B. <laughs> Do you know who D.B. Cooper is? I think so. D.B. Cooper was this mysterious guy who hijacked a plane and then That's right. That's parachuted right. out of it yeah. in the 60s or something. That's right. D.B. Right. Weiss, right? D.B. Weiss yes. and David Benioff. Benioff, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, so for some reason there were two Game of Thrones prequels. No, set. five. What? Five. Five. There were five. What? Game of Thrones shows. Yes. Okay. Five. And and some of them are still in the uh, in the works as far as we know. Well, one one. one th- yes, one pilot was filmed, and they're they're not taking that one. And that was a right. that had yeah. women as showrunners. So that's kind of a little bit weird. Aww. I don't know why it didn't make cut make the cut. Uh, but then this other one, which is based on. Uh, based on um, George R. R. Martin's uh, prequel book, it's uh, the the show is going to be called House of the Dragon, and mm. and they're right. they, you know, it's rumor, but they're they're thinking that it's going to be based on Fire and Blood, which is a big old book that he wrote about Targaryen history. So that's what they think it's going to be. And, and and I think that he's rumored to be um, actually writing for that. 
series. Yes, if he finishes the next the next actual book of of uh, of the well, ice look. and ice and fire series number six. Whatever, put that on hold. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Absolutely, a lot of people care write about that. write this show because I don't want to watch any more bad dialogue. <laughs> I think you're the only person in the world that has said that. Maybe not. That right. Well, I haven't read the book, so yeah. I'm not. I'm not champing at the bit a lot of people really want him to finish just so that the the end of that you know that concept uh, is done be erased it it, well yeah is is better is smoothed so yeah and there's lots of stuff to wrap up in the book that was never even like uh uh, the stone stone lady or something Mm. well no spoilers no spoilers Yeah. yeah uh anyways anyways game of thrones Hashtag boring. <laughs> I was a lover. I, I really, obviously, the, the, the seasons that, you know, where they just took straight from the book, I was a big, big fan. But I'm, I, was, I don't think I was ever a Game of Thrones super fan the sure. way that a lot of people were. Yeah. Uh, I, and and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be cool. I really did like it a lot, and I'm certainly very excited every time – uh, a new season came out and, you know, Elise was too. And Elise doesn't care about that kind of stuff. So we, we were in yeah. to it, but, um, it didn't, it didn't affect me emotionally the way I was. I mean, I was furious at how Battlestar Galactica sure. ended. I mean, I was deeply emotionally invested and that mm-hmm. show had big ups and downs throughout all of its seasons. Uh, but, Oh man! I mean, there was, or even Dexter. I mean, I was Dexter. furious, furious with Dexter. God, just the stupidest. Or Lost. Oh, Lost. I don't know. Lost. That's so dumb. And <laughs> I'm burning. Just, just, sorry. You're burning DVDs of Lost. I'm, I'm right burning now. D- DVDs. Can you can you hear the flames? <laughs> I can still no. feel the heat. Lindsay and I are watching <laughs> uh, the entirety of of Seinfeld, start to finish. We're we're already oh. in season five, I think. And oh, wow. you know, we, many, we wake up in the morning, we watch there? there's nine, there's nine seasons. Oh, Cause I, you know, not I, that many. I thought there was going to be like 15 or something. No, but you and I missed almost every television show in the nineties because we were on the road. We didn't have a TV at home. We weren't trying to be cool. We couldn't afford it and we were never home. So there was no <laughs> oh. point. So we missed yeah. Seinfeld and friends and all the, friends. all the nineties things. And so she, you know, Seinfeld is a show that really means a lot to her and to her dad. And so she, she finally talked me into watching it. And I, I, I enjoy it. It's extremely dated. But the actors yeah. are, f- except for Jerry Seinfeld, and he, it's, it's a running joke that he isn't a good actor. But it is, you, you do immediately fall in love with the characters. They're, you know, the, the actors are so good. And it is, it is gen- it's it's fun. It's really fun. But apparently, that has one of the worst endings of all time. That that really that I'll get, I, I didn't I'll get know that. Curious about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, I didn't know. Funny. Huh? Who has ended? Uh, bit, uh, Breaking Bad. That was a good ending. I was down with that. Great, for sure. Great ending. <clears throat> I was I was going to ask the same thing. What yeah. what are shows with examples of of really great endings? And that's that's certainly um, one of the best. Yeah. Um, uh, the the, Amer- the Americans. I know you haven't watched the Americans, mm, but that yeah. was a beautiful, heartbreaking, wow. cr- like soul crushing, okay. but totally appropriate ending. Uh, really, really nailed it. Okay, that's yeah. a great show. You, it's that. yeah, it's tough at times, but it's 
it's like I'm not going to necessarily put it on the level of Breaking Bad, but in terms of the level of quality of writing never faltered. Mm. And it's the core of the show. It's not about spies and shoot 'em ups. Sure. It's about a married couple. Well, we got in, through in, the first season. Possible situation. Yeah, well, you did. we did. And okay. we really, really enjoyed it. And then we just, okay. you know, there's just so many dumb things to watch. So there's, there's too many dumb things to watch. Yeah. I still haven't checked out Watchmen. Okay. Uh, which I'm sorry. I just it's haven't. Okay. I, uh, so I, but I'll, I'll need to do that. We'll, yeah, there's there's we'll too much. That. Yeah. There's too much to watch. And, and, and how can I be expected to watch all that crap when all I care about is Veronica Mars? <laughs> it's just, I know, I know, truly. Yeah. There is nothing yeah, else. So there is nothing else. Yeah. There needs to be. I mean, to, to the point where I, uh, I, you know, I was, I was watching, I, I was looking up a video actually about this new Game of Thrones show and it was a, uh, you know, um, it was a commercial for, one of the new plant-based burgers and it and it featured Kristen Bell and and, and uh her husband D- D- Dax Shepard <laughs> and I, I I'm assuming they're actual kids maybe not but and oh. I was just like oh Kristen Bell I'm just so in love I'm just so it, it, she is the crush she is the fame crush and so it, just anything she does I just kind of stop and I'll actually you know, watch commercials I'm- for her I remember today while I was getting lunch, I was watching Veronica Mars, and uh, I remembered that I think the first time I ever was aware of her was uh, Heroes, the show Heroes. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. I did. You didn't know that she was on that? Uh. Uh-uh. I th- I think it was a I think it was kind of her a bigger break for her than Veronica Mars. I think it, oh. Veronica Mars was ending or had just ended, and it really catapulted her onto more of a you know, household name stage. Uh, how weird is that? Because that That's show weird. was pretty stupid. Heroes, I could not take. It was oh my uh, god! It was, wow. but it was huge. I mean, people loved I guess that so, show. Yeah. Also, was Walking oh, Dead, and that's dumb as and, hell. <laughs> yeah, but it's when it was good, it was very good. Yeah. I don't. Heroes was never good. No. I mean, right. from the from the beginning. I mean, from the like, clear, clearly the guy who created that show, and I'm, I don't remember his name, but I remember saying "created by" whatever his name was, at the you know on, at the credits of every episode. I just remember thinking, this this guy has clearly never read an X Men comic, right? Because the, these are just X Men. I mean, get out of what are you? You can't do that. <laughs> Why isn't Marvel suing you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that show was that show sucked. It, it was a big break for her, I guess. We love her. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who she is, you should find out. <laughs> Get to know her. Get to know her. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, lots to watch. Too much to watch. Can't watch everything. Um, what else? What else? We we so we we decided last week that we're going to do we're going to try uh, this uh, sort of segment, a new segment. We'll come up with a, a better name for it, but it's basically like. Uh, live, live like a local or something where you I'm like, are you local? Are you local? Now that's a good show. We'll talk about that at some point. And so the, the concept is that you come and present to me something that you've discovered in Atlanta, Georgia. And then I mm-hmm. bring something uh, and share with you that I have seen or experienced in Chicago, Illinois. Yes. yes. Are you local? local? 
so, so mine is, uh, so my presentation today is kind of dark. So I don't know whether do we go do dark first and then fun because I know that yours is fun. Do we do fun first and end on dark? What do you think? Hmm. I guess we could end on a on a higher note. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I I went. <laughs> Uh, again, like I said, I, uh, thanks to Chicago Humanities Festival, thanks to my friend Brittany, I, I saw Henry Rollins and Jared Yates Sexton last night. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Jared Yates Sexton. Uh, he is a writer. He's a writer. He's a professor, actually. He said, uh, but he's also a writer. And recently, he wrote a book called "The Man They Wanted Me to Be," and Henry Rollins. I mean, Henry Rollins seems to basically never sleep. He is everywhere, everywhere, doing all... Apparently, he writes reviews for the New York Times, just Mm. in his spare time of... Reviews of what? Of books, I guess. He wrote a a review uh, for this book that Jared Yates Sexton wrote for the New York Times. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And so he kind of... it, It was a book that kind of really spoke to him. And he wrote a review about it. I, I don't know whether he calls up New York Times and says, oh, I, this is Henry Rollins and I would like to review. Or maybe he's actually on the staff. I have no idea. But that's how they kind of connected in some way. Uh, and uh, yeah, because I mean, he was apparently he was in Australia last year shooting a commercial for for a truck or something. <laughs> so anyway, Henry Rollins is just kind of. Everywhere. For people who don't know who Henry Rollins is, also get to know him. He is a, a seminal punk rock um, band mm-hmm. leader of, of the band Black Flag, amongst many, 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 many other things. An actor and a writer. And uh, I, I mean, I guess he's still best known for Black Flag because Black Flag was truly one of the most important punk bands of, of, of its of its kind and the generation of the history of or punk rock ever. music ever really, yeah. uh, you know, the, the concept of DC punk straight edge, you know, balls. Well, black flag, come on, <laughs> just go listen to it. It's very easy to find. So that's Henry Rollins. And he went on to do spoken word and, and writing and acting and all kinds of stuff. And he's pr- pretty pretty great at all of it from what I can see. Lindsay and I just watched a really cool super indie movie that he did where he's kind of like this angel of death. It's amazing. So weird. So weird. Okay. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Henry Rollins. And that's why I wanted to go because because of the music connection. But then I didn't know anything about Jared Yates Sexton. Uh, that's how they connected. And I guess, I, I guess either they put it together Maybe CHF put this together. I don't think that they had become friends because uh, Jared was, he was kind of nervous and he talked about being nervous about being around Henry Rollins and just kind of wanted to be cool to one of his idols as, as best he could. It was very funny. What were you going to say? Uh, where was this? Where was he, were they performing? They were. Or, or talking. Mm-hmm. So CHF does a lot of cool things where there's usually um, an interviewer and uh, an interviewee or just a conversation. So they have venues all over the city. And this one was was in, an, a, was in a beautiful church, the first United Methodist Church downtown in okay. Chicago. 
Downtown? I'd never, yeah, I'd never been. Beautiful, right off the blue line. Super. It's not 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 nearly as big as I thought it was going to be. Kind of just lovely little Methodist church. Mm-hmm. And so they okay. set up a couple of uh, nice, comfortable chairs in the sort of the pulpit area. And Henry and and Jared sat there and just kind of talked about <clears throat> uh, toxic masculinity and you know, uh, white male privilege. And -hmm. they talked a lot about their fathers and they talked a lot about women and how, how women should be, you know, far more in control than they are. Uh, It was, they got basically an hour to talk about this stuff. And I I really could have stayed for another hour. They they were just Mm -hmm. kind of even getting into some amazing stuff. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a sticky, possibly dangerous topic because, you know, Henry is like 58. He's a punk rocker, and he's so he's used to kind of saying things, and and yet he's really kind of nerdy and intense. Saying uh, you say he's used to saying. I mean, like when you say he's used to saying mind. things. Speaking like, his he's mind. brash and yeah. doesn't give a damn. So okay. I, I, you could imagine a world where it, it became about the two white dudes kind of bitching about <laughs> being oppressed, uh, not not in the way that like just being abused by their fathers and uh, you know it, I don't know. You could kind of I could see a, a place where it could go wrong, but it was very. You know, just as you're as an older person, you don't necessarily know know or care about the language, the proper language, and I who knows, who knows what was going to come out of their mouths. But it really the the book, which I'm pretty interested to read now, is is it really is about this is a thing. This toxic masculinity is something that happens. Uh, you know, our father had it. Uh, Lindsay's father has some of it. It's it's. It's this thing that you that we're we're. It's very difficult to escape. Very difficult to escape. And it's. Can, can you define toxic masculinity for sure. for those who may not have ever heard of it? Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, the very stereo, stereotypical sort of male the anger and you know racism and homophobia and. Uh, misogyny, just all these, you know, these things that come from men specifically, and really specifically white men, it it comes from insecurity. Everyone knows that, but, you know, and it comes from weakness and this feeling of powerlessness and helplessness. Uh, But it's, it's, it's so prevalent and it's so, it's passed down over and over and over and over and over again. Like it's, it's in, it's in ads, it's in um, marketing, you know, people are playing up the fact there are, you know, there are truck commercials that, that say, you're not a man unless you've got a four wheeler, you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. There's <laughs> apparently, apparently there's a yogurt that comes in a black, a black that's full, like just, just marketed to dudes. And it's the official what? yogurt <laughs> of the NFL. <laughs> Oh it's my so God. true. It's so true. But it's uh, so dumb. Well, okay. So I mean, to to get into it, <laughs> our, our father, our father, who who we you know we did love very much. He 
uh, he was an only child. He came from an era where his generation were not heroes. His father's generation were heroes. They had gone to World War II. They had fought. They had mm-hmm. come back. They were <clears throat> there. There was respect. They had saved America, right? So, so Dad's whole generation just you know is still kind of trying in some ways to figure it out. And I think that so many things were passed down to him: uh, insecurity, certainly homophobia. You know these things that. I think he just had to struggle with. And and he was a good guy deep down. He really was. But he had a ton of anger to get through, right? He had mm, a ton yeah. of just... You, you weren't allowed to go talk to people. You, you were, certainly weren't allowed to talk to your wife. You couldn't really just confide in anyone. You couldn't show weakness. You can't show weakness. I'm, not, I'm saying you couldn't. I mean, it's still happening, of course. It's happening... To, to people, right. our, to every generation, still it's getting passed on. And, and it's, uh, you know, a, as you and I know, it takes a ton of work to try to overcome it, to surpass it. Because I grew up <coughs> and I was called a nerd and I was called a sissy and I was called a fag and I was, you know, just, just trying to be me. And having the the genes that I had, which you know, I was skinny, and I was, and I was, I was nerdy. I wanted, like, I, I, I wanted to be intelligent. I, I didn't want to fight that. I, I didn't see it as a weakness, uh, out of the box. But you know, as soon as you, <clears throat> if you're a boy and you're born, and and you get to the point where somebody hands you a toy gun or a or a blue you know, a blue pair of pants instead of the pink ones. It, that's where it begins, right? Like, you're already mm. pushed into this or that, this or that. I mean, there's so many things I, I, I remember Dad doing, like, <laughs> just weird things, like the time where I uh, I found, like, a, somebody dropped a bunch of quarters and I turned them into the to the school office and I told him about it. I was so proud, and he was like, goody two shoes <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the time that god gross yeah we had you know and we uh, you and i loved superheroes since we were tiny and we had all the action figures we had superman batman many many broken pieces of steve austin the six million dollar man and right. i wanted a wonder woman I, I was like why wouldn't there be a female in this mix so we didn't have a Wonder Woman action figure for whatever reason, so I found a cutout, like a paper doll. And I cut out Wonder Woman, and and then, you know, she came with a little paper doll outfits that you could turn her into Diana Prince, so I cut those out, and then I was like, ooh, cool, I can do this. So I designed some. <laughs> I was well, so proud. You're, you're up. You're designing clothes I designed for my own. Diana Prince. I designed, yeah, I designed oh, wow. uh, Diana Prince <laughs> outfits, and I, cool. and I ran downstairs, and I was so proud of myself. And uh, Dad was like, "Why don't you go outside and play play baseball or something?" He was so scared, you know. He was just so scared yeah. that I would, I would be Ugh. sensitive yeah. enough, you know. And I'm not, you know. We, Dad grew up in a lot of ways. And and the good news about about this guy, that, this Jared that wrote the book, he he did get to a point later in life where 
he finally was able to talk to his dad after the, after so much damage was done and after this guy, you know, almost became suicidal, trying to f- figure out things in society, figure out who he was and where he was where he was headed. But we, you know, we got we got to the point where we understood and and that it was okay with dad. And but you and I had to do the work, right? He was not yeah. he was not going to, you know. Mom helped a ton, but we had to do the work for ourselves, and we had to say, "Okay, look, that's not that's not good behavior. That's not the way you should act. <laughs> that's you shouldn't feel yeah. those things about this other person because it's insane, right?" Like, so you know, you know yeah, and it's you know he he was getting over, he was able to get over hurdles that that his father put on him and mother for that yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, our grandfather was a, a pretty overbearing guy. He, he never really understood or appreciated what dad was doing with his life. He was a, uh, a historical preservationist and, uh, that's too complicated to explain. So just, you can go look that up. <laughs> um, but you know, it, our grandfather didn't get it. It was, our dad was well into his forties before he kind of finally said, Hmm, I think you might be all right at this stuff. So he never got accepted. So he was always reminding, telling Matt and me that, that whatever we wanted to do with our lives, that it was okay, it was yeah. good, and he supported it. So he won that battle. But I feel like every generation, like you're gonna win, you're gonna overcome some stuff. Like we've we've overcome some stuff, and you know if we ever have kids or adopt kids or whatever, we're gonna mess them up in other ways, and they'll get better than us for sure. Um, like like with cyborgs, but, like cyborg relationships, like android relationships, like silence. <laughs> um, and uh, but it, so he he did the best he can. I mean, it, I think uh, so many people from that generation. It, that was just totally normal. It feels less normal now, even though we still have kids walking into schools with guns right. or just people walking down the street with guns, right? It's the same thing. Like, let me prove that I'm a man yeah. by, yeah. Well, I mean- the, uh, it's, a, it's alive and well. It is. So Henry went to Australia to shoot this this uh, commercial and and I, I could almost feel like, because they were, they were full on Henry Rollins fans and then- probably people who didn't know who he was, but, you know, I, I could kind of, like, feel the vibe. Wait, Henry Ra- Rollins went to Australia to shoot a truck commercial? But then he full-on turned it around because he was like, I got there, and all of these guys, it was it was sort of a statement about masculinity. It was some big truck company, and, and he just, it it became him interviewing all of these Australian men because the suicide rate is so high because these dudes really? are just lost. Like they, they, they're even more macho than Americans, than us. They're way, yeah. these farmers, they're just killing themselves. Just, they have to have Because meetings. they can't live up to their own like, in, sense of inflated masculinity. Yeah. Do that like because no, because that no one can do that. They well that yes that and then they don't they don't talk to their wives they don't talk to their kids they don't talk to their parents they just they're just you know it's mm. all weakness they can't you know they can't so they have these meetings now like farmers six a in the morning right before they start work uh, you know therapists come as part of like part of the chores they sit around and they are told 
you can tell your son that you love him. You can tell him that it's okay to cry. And it's also okay for you to cry. And they're like, what? (laughs) Because they've never heard that before. And so that, you know, allows them in some ways to kind of not kill themselves. Anyway, so Henry got really wrapped up in that. And that's why he was kind of talking about some of that stuff too. One, I'll, I'll leave with one interesting thing. Uh, because again, like we could have, we could have listened to them talk about this all night, but apparently scientists are discovering that male human beings are biologically weaker than females. They are, mm. uh, I mean, there, there is muscle fiber that is, there's added strength and bulk and so on and so forth at, once they are born, but it takes, it takes more energy and therefore more time and therefore more uh, you know, there's more that could go wrong to go from female to male because everyone starts off as female and then, uh, then the X becomes a Y and becomes, you know, that. And so that's, that's another whole thing. Men get more sick. They get sicker more often. Mm. And then they, mm-hmm. they suffer from the illness more. Mm. W- women are just stronger. They are, you know, le- more tolerant of pain and mm-hmm, disease right. in general, right? Like they talked about the yeah. man flu, about how dudes yeah. always <laughs> just complain more about being sick. I certainly do. I certainly do. Oh, God. Count me in. Yeah. So the theory <laughs> is coming in, the theory is coming in that there is this enormous biological thing that this that men are trying to uh, overcompensate for, just this, mm. this weakness, like from birth, uh, cards are stacked against, and that's so. That's a good example of of where it could have gone wrong last night, because it is my saying the cards are stacked against them is is not is like yes, it could be biologically true, but that is absolutely no excuse <laughs> for toxic masculinity, right? And of course, yeah. it, of course, this all came. This guy started this book because of Trump. We certainly won't get into politics, but. You know, just I don't think anyone could disagree that the the man that's ruling the country is a very insecure, very, very, uh, oh, yeah. very scared human being. You know, yeah. if you yeah, if there's you, <laughs> there's hardly anything masculine, truly masculine about him, right? And it's and it's you know he's just trying to overcompensate. Uh, you know, no matter what your feelings about him, you have to be able to see that as as you know on the outside, you have to be able to see. So it was sure. it was super fascinating, and I'm so glad that I went. And that's uh, that's oh. my little so that's my little um, my little presentation about Chicago events. Oh, nice! That yeah. sounds. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, um, yeah me too. Um, well, do you want to hear about my thing? Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you about my thing. <laughs> So the other day I was out walking Bernie and it was raining. So that meant Bernie doesn't like to walk in the rain. So that meant I was, uh, we were walking under the, uh, the, uh, car park under the deck and I bumped into one of my neighbors, Deanna, and she asked me a really funny question. She was like, are you, a just out of the blue, she said, are, are you a session musician? <laughs> and, uh, and I, I was, uh, no, no, probably I wouldn't probably wouldn't describe myself like that. I don't think I'm really good enough to be that. Um, and anyway, we just got to talking about music and she mentioned that her, her, uh, her daughter's boyfriend plays in a band. Uh, the band's called Mateel. And had I ever heard of them? And I said, no, uh, they're from Atlanta. 
she said that they don't really have a, as large of an audience um, here or really in the States. In fact, I guess recently they'd had a tour that they had to cancel because uh, they're just, they didn't really sell enough tickets, uh, which that's a bummer. Um, but apparently they do very well in Europe. So that's cool. Uh, that's kind of every band's dream. Uh, anyway, you know me, I don't listen to a lot of new music. It's rare that when I do that, I am kind of, uh, inspired by it. Um, I don't, I just, I just don't seek it out. I don't really think about it that much, but I, for some reason I came home and, um, I looked, looked it up and it turns out Mateel, um, is the name of the singer. So it's just her name. Mateel Brown is her full name. And the band's just called, you know, she's like Cher, I guess. Um, so I looked her up and uh, immediately found her website, which I thought, oh, she's got a nice website. Um, actually, that, that's not true. I went to iTunes and I saw that she had videos. Thought, oh, okay, that's that's pretty cool for a band I've never heard of to have um, pretty well-produced videos. And I turned on a song. Oh, gosh, I should have pulled this up beforehand. Um and I watched the video and I immediately liked it. The, the first video I saw was um, she was dressed in drag. Mm -hmm. So the first video I saw was called Je ne me connais pas. God, my French is wretched. Uh, it's in French. <laughs> so if you go to find the record Satis Factory, that's two words, S-A-T-I-S, factory. I don't know what that means. Um, but there's I, saw, I watched this one uh, with her in drag kind of with some – uh, uh, Robert Palmer style dancers, musicians. Uh, and I thought, well, that's fun. And then I saw that kind of hooked me enough to watch the next one, uh, a song called keep the change. And that's when I was like, wow, uh, this person is totally awesome. And it took me a minute to think like what she reminds me of so many different things. Uh, and it took me a minute to put my finger on, uh, what it was, but it, it's, it's like if Nico case PJ Harvey, the waitresses, uh, and Velvet Underground had a musical love child. That would be Mateel. Um, yeah, she cites her own influences as uh, Screamin' Jay Hawkins and um, Mark Bolan and the Staple Singers and Jack White and Rolling Stones, which I can definitely hear all those things too. For sure. Um, um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's, like I said, it's so rare that I hear something and I'm immediately, and maybe it was the by virtue that of seeing some really uh, well-produced, really cool videos, which as you know, you and I are, you know, we have a band, right. And we've never had a, a cool video or any videos, uh, except for you, we've made some lyric videos, but we've never done a real video. Uh, and just to see someone, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what kind of budget she has, but they look really great. Um, it looks like she keeps them pretty simple. It's really just her, uh, in some funky scenario, but, um, they're just so well done. So I was immediately impressed uh, so I started, you know, doing some research and I, I found out that she used to be a graphic designer. Um, oh. she kind of got into music. Um, she'd wanted to be a, a musician her, like as a career her whole life. But, um, she, you know, like lots of people hadn't, you know, been able to make it her career or hadn't chosen to make it her career. And then she had a few years ago, she had an insane, uh, allergic reaction to some prescription drug she was taking. And her skin became addicted to steroid creams. What? So I know it's a super weird story. Yeah. And <laughs> Is that so she real? had to. 
is this real? This is real. And, and she apparently was really kind of traumatic and it wasn't just like, Oh, my skin's breaking out. It was brutal. I think probably painful and her skin had to withdraw from these prescription, whatever she was taking for whatever reason she was taking it. Um, and she would spend hours at a time taking like oatmeal baths on her skin anyway. So she, because of that, she spent a lot of time not going out (laughs) and, um, started focusing on music. And then sometime like a year, two, however long later, she put out her first record and then this new record, which just came out this year, this summer, I think. Um, and anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, I bumped into to my neighbor uh, Deanna again. I said, "Hey, I listened to your, your uh, to that band and and really loved it," and mentioned that how the videos were great. And she said that as far as she knew, um, uh, the videos are almost all Mateel. Like she, they're she's super involved, heavily involved in in all the creative part of that. So, um, Def, I think she's playing in Atlanta in February. So I'm definitely gonna check that out. The- so the part that I had not heard in that story was that she, <laughs> that your neighbor had asked whether you were a, a, a session musician. Is, <laughs> is there an implication that Mateel might need a drummer? Oh, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it does sound like she's somewhat of a, of a Trent Reznor type of character. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she plays all the instruments. I think she has a band. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I, 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 I want to say that Deanna would just had heard that about me. So she was just kind of making conversation. I, I don't think she was, um, seeing if I was available necessarily, but would I play in Mateel's band? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would definitely. Up. <clears throat> call me up, Mateel. You're cool, uh, and, and I can play drums. Okay, you can play drums. Um, I can hang. I can hang in that band. Yeah. I can hang in that band. You can hang in. Uh, and I have bands. a cool 1963 Rogers kit, so it would like have a vibe. <laughs> um, You're not afraid <laughs> to important. wear outfits. You're not afraid to. Oh uh, yeah be filmed or photographed or dance. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so this was uh, just a fun local thing that, um, you know, I haven't, I have not been involved in the Atlanta music scene since I moved here. I, when I moved to Chicago, I, I involved myself heavily, um, at least in one sector of the Chicago music scene. You know, when we, one of the only people that you and I knew, you knew Lindsay and, um, who doesn't know anybody in the music scene clearly. Um, and, uh, but we both knew uh, our good friend, Kevin O'Donnell and, uh, we just cold called him up out of the blue and said, Hey, do you, can we be friends? And it was really because of him that I met everyone that I knew. Sure. Still know. I don't, <laughs> I can't remember them. <laughs> I still know them. Um, well, no, do, but, I mean, but but do you remember, do you remember why we went to, to Kevin first? <laughs> We had that super awkward lunch with Andrew Bird. Uh, with Andrew Bird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super awkward. <laughs> so wait, so you're saying that Kevin O'Donnell was um, our second choice? <laughs> no, he wasn't a second choice. Uh, it was that Andrew was like, you remember Kevin O'Donnell. Well, 
you guys are in, we were telling him that we were into theater and, and music and said, well, that's your guy. You know, Kevin is still yeah. here. He's a king of this. And so then, yes, I mean, but I don't know whether you knew. I had I had played with Bill with Kevin uh, just a t- like a couple of shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean, did you know him at all, really? Kevin? Yeah. I did. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess not super well. I, I definitely had spoken to him at Andrew Bird's shows in the past. Yeah. The last one I remember talking to him at was Andrew was playing, what was that place out in Mount Pleasant? Village Underground or something? Right. Is that what it was called? Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just Kevin and Andrew, mm-hmm. and it was totally awesome. It was. Uh, so yeah, I remember talking to Kevin then, but it's no, it's not like we knew each other super well. Um, right. Or Andrew, and, or Andrew, but they were both extremely kind. Your point, I'm sorry. But I'm, Andrew I'm, would always come to our shows. Yeah. He would always, anytime we played Shubas, he used to come no, and we would see him, he would come backstage. So we, so I, we arguably knew Andrew better than Kevin, yeah. but, um, uh, Andrew's for anyone out there listening who's never met Andrew Bird, he's a, he's a pretty shy, uh, soft-spoken fellow. And I think he, he left Chicago not long yeah. after we moved there, yeah, not uh, either to New York or out into the country or all over the place. And, but he is supportive uh, and wonderful, like, and really, really nice dude. He's a super nice dude. And one of the nicest things, as I stepped on your story, is that he sent us to our scene, our Chicago scene, which is really great. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it weren't literally if it weren't for Kevin, I, I, I don't think I'd have friends yeah. in Chicago. And uh, Kevin's the total exact opposite of Andrew, you know, uh, outspoken, uh, loud, funny. Yeah. Uh, not that Andrew's not funny. Andrew's can be funny. But um, Kevin, he's a hoot. He's a hoot, he's a hoot. of a fella <laughs> uh, and just and just the sweetest guy. So anyway, uh, but I'm like uh, Sons of Susan, kind of the 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 uh, what kind of jazz band would you call that um hot hot jazz or uh yeah, it's kind of dixielandish yeah. dixieland kind of band uh that i played in um uh matt kandersky mm-hmm. uh gosh forgetting the name of his band sorry matt uh uh sh- oh no oh, i'm so embarrassed you're gonna have to edit this out um what was it called the grizzled <laughs> the, the grizzled you played with us. I know. Uh, the the oh grit and the double knit. Grit and the double knit, right? Yeah. God, I'm so. I hope Matt. I hope that you never hear this, that <laughs> or or I hope that my Matt edits that out. Uh, yeah. So grit and the double knit. Uh, Sons of Susan. So, so many different bands. Uh, and I was, but I was, I was playing all the time yeah. in Chicago. I would go out. Uh, it, it would not be uncommon for me to be playing multiple times a week or at least a month. Uh, and in Atlanta, I've just never done that. So, uh, anyway, it's, it's remarkable to stumble across not only a band, uh, you know, just music in general for me here that's local, but also that's really, really good. Right. Um, so that's my story. I love that story. And I, and I, I watched those videos that you sent excitedly and, and she really is great. So I hope that she does get, on a tour where that people want to go. Yeah. Cause I'll, I'll go check her out. I'll bring, I'll bring Kevin O'Donnell 
to. She's she oh <laughs> totally. She's straight up like uh, um, a hideout band. Like yeah, she, hideout is waiting for her to come right. and rock that place. Oh, Go, Mateel, If you ever hear this, I hope you played the hideout and you enjoyed it. I'm sure you won't hear this for another ten years. Uh, you'll already play the hideout, and you're you're playing the metro by now. Yeah, yep. <laughs> she's yeah, she's surpassed. Uh, great. I love that story. I love this concept. I like this, yeah. I like this whole segment because I don't know that we're always going to be able to find local stuff because, yeah. you know, that's, you know, we'd have to be constantly out there uh, like trying to dig stuff up, but, yeah. but it'll be nice it. when we do. Yes. I think we've got a few, um, a few segments sort of in place that we're going to give a shot in the next few weeks or so. Some fun, fun ones that I, I really want to try. So yeah, but I, I think I think as soon as we do keep an eye out on our our prospective cities and find things that we really like, that we should write them down and then save them for this this segment, which we'll come up with a better name for. Oh no, I'm sorry, Are it is a perfect. Local? Are you local? That is a perfect name for it. Great. <laughs> Yes. Maybe what we need to decide is we'll just pick some randos and decide if we think they're local or not. That's true. Are, That's true. are you cool enough to be local? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, points to anybody who knows what we're referencing there. Uh, you yes. Can, you can leave them at, at uh, facebook.com slash Bivens Brothers. In the form of a GIF In or a GIF. A GIF, a GIF, a GIF, GIF. You can, yes, if you know what we're talking about, leave that. No words, just just that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, fun, 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 and sad, and and also healing, and all those things. All of those things. All of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I guess I guess we're saying goodbye. As always, this show is brought to you by Bivens Brothers Creative. If you need a website, if you have been wronged by your web developer designer. If you have a site that uh, that you would like to become more accessible to screen readers and and accessible to uh, the world in general, then come mm-hmm. come say how come say howdy to us say how <laughs> come say howdy to us because we are uh, we are a we like it we like it we we're, like to build those things we're working we're on things it. yeah we are yeah. we are. So please, yeah. please come talk to us, and yeah. All right. Uh, until next week, brother. I sure do love you. I love you too, brother. We will have a good time. Come on in and have a good old time. Have a fun time.